Hello and welcome to this new episode of Public Segment. Today's episode is a brief, these short episodes where we talk about one specific concept, idea, or theory that we believe is worth knowing about and everybody should be aware of. Today's concept, that of post-capitalism. What does it mean? And most importantly, why does it matter? Why should everybody know about it? We are at a juncture. That is the starting point. Those that are not in denial of the reality of the world are acutely aware of it. A lot of us are trying to find solutions, alternative ways of living, of interacting with the world around us. Capitalism has been blamed extensively over the past decades and for good reason. Over the past decade or so, there has been increasing talk of a world, and I quote here, beyond capitalism. In essence, if you're not familiar with the concept, it's a phrase that has been used in academic circles, government and activist circles to push us to imagine a world where a new type of economy is created, one that does not equate human progress with economic progress and where the exploitative and extractivist natures of our economies are left behind once and for all. A lot has been said and written on this topic. For some reason though, it always feels a bit short of truly breaking away from the constraints of capitalism. And to be fair, what this world beyond capitalism or post-capitalistic world would require is a massive system change. One of those changes that happens every few centuries that are rarely foreseen and that are sweeping for humanity. This time around, we have to not only foresee it and imagine it, but we have to provoke it. That's what the idea of post-capitalism is, is we need to start living with a new system in mind. Why? Well, because our well-being, that of our planet, and our collective survival probably are at stake. For our minds, for average, normal human minds, for our minds, imagining what that reality may look like is the same as asking you to imagine a color you have never seen before or a sound you've never heard or to imagine what a black hole is, something that defies the laws of physics that dictate your life. Well, trying to imagine a world 
beyond the laws of the market, beyond the normative economic laws that have governed our lives and that of our parents and our grandparents is as difficult. Yes, in theory, but the reality of today's economy is that the capitalist economic system that we imagine may not be as dominant as it appears to be when we look at the news or when we dive into economic theory. There are, in fact, and there have been for a while, different ways of doing things. There are ways in society to operate differently um, based on mutual benefits, solidarity, interdependence, environmental restoration instead of destruction, and where growing inequality is not the norm. Those places do exist. Those modes of creating wealth, redistributing wealth within small communities do exist. So the first step in actually being able to imagine and then to create this post-capitalistic world is to acknowledge the people and communities that have taken it upon themselves to live in alternative ways, to use alternative means of wealth, of wealth accumulation, of wealth distribution that are not governed solely by market relations. So back to the theoretical side of this topic. So many schools of thoughts have come to critique the status quo and call for an end to an economic system, our current economic system, built on concentrated power and exclusion and that has extractive foundations. These schools may disagree on the means to achieve post-capitalism. However, they agree on the need to reframe the economy. What does that mean? It means the need to critique in order to disempower the current framing that prevents us from thinking that a different future is possible. Before going any further, just a quick definition so we're all on the same page. What does the term capitalist actually mean in economic theory? It usually refers to a number and a chain of linked and intertwined concepts. They, they, they usually work as a whole. You can rarely take one part of it and say, well, this is capitalism. It's all of this, all of these concepts coming together and they define a capitalistic economy. These concepts are um, the capitalist business based on private accumulation of wealth, uh, specific labor practices that 
are dominated by salaries and wages. Uh, exchanges happen in markets. Private property is privately owned and the means of production are privately owned in large part. If we stick to this definition, you would say, well, there are already labor and exchange relations, enterprises, communities that do not abide by these rules. And this is what I was saying earlier. That's exactly the point. We need to highlight that today there are modes of productions and relations that exist beyond the capitalistic model. We need to all be aware and familiar with them because creating a post-capitalist world will not happen overnight. With us being hit by a meteorite sprinkling its magic upon us. It will, however, happen through the implementation of a new common imaginary. If we try and look at some of the practices that are implemented today that can help bring about a different type of economy, we can start with a really important one that is labor. It's a big one. The way labor practices can be reimagined obviously has been spoken about and written about for a long, long time. One of the key tenants in Marxist theory is how um, waged labor needs to disappear. In recent decades, um, the way labor practices can be reimagined has come to owe a lot to feminist economics. Uh, we covered this in our previous brief. Feminist economists had called attention to the amount of unpaid labor women were burdened with across the globe. Since then, some progress has been made in recognizing value of non-monetized labor as much as monetized labor. We have seen the emergence of a wide range of forms of laborers that are paid or remunerated in, in other ways. That is to say, not waged labor. So care work, housework, care, um, neighborhood work, volunteering, these are all not compensated forms of labor. It doesn't remove the fact that this is work that is very useful a lot of the time. So these forms do exist. That is not to say that wage labor is unnecessary as salaries and wages today are the way an individual in this system can secure his or her material survival. But seeing different practices and most importantly, different types of compensations and the creation of micro ecosystems where these compensations are valued allows us to imagine this on a larger scale. 
If we're to look at enterprises, we are used to seeing enterprises, businesses, firms as the focal point of profit-making and production. The enterprise is also, in our capitalist system, the place where new wealth is generated, where production, appropriation, and distribution of surplus takes place. We were taught to differentiate different types of enterprises based on their internal organizational structures. But how about we flip it and start categorizing them based on the way they... So how about we flip it and we start categorizing enterprises through one main differentiating factor, factor, which is who gets to appropriate the surplus. When we say surplus, it often means profit. Who takes the profits home? Is it the CEO, the board of directors, Is it the shareholders? Is it the workers? So one type of enterprise that does exist today that allows us to imagine a different future is the cooperative. In a co-op, the owners are the workers. The workers are the owners. Profits are shared equitably um, amongst these owners. Um, in many respects, they resemble other businesses, but fairness, equity are driving forces of co-ops, unlike other models of enterprise. We could look at um, the transactions or when we exchange goods or, of, or services. We could look at finance. Um, and, and this is becoming very obvious with the decentralized finance movement. We could look at property common property, um, the uh, common goods and the way they're shared and everyone shares into the benefits, um, common joint plots of lands. In every aspect of our lives, we could sit and think of an alternative way of doing it. And this is what I would like to invite you to do to try and imagine different occurrences in your normal life where you could be doing something differently. You could be pushing the bounds, the constraints imposed upon you by this capitalistic system. It could be small bartering, one favor for another. Um, and not getting paid for it, and you not paying. Very small things, because the ultimate lesson is that, of course, 
Some things will have to come from above. Decisions will have to be made on governmental um, or even international levels. But in the meantime, we can all just sit and wait. And I know that we're all looking for ways to be proactive. Well, that is one way to do it. To say no to the constraints, to say no to the limits, the often unfairness that come with this system and say, I have an alternative of doing it differently because that is ultimately how we today start building our post-capitalistic world. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this week's brief. I hope you join us again for next week's episode. Until then, take care.